0: you're now listening to the boys in the booth podcast with your hosts harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams new episodes every
1: monday on spotify and apple podcasts Good evening, and welcome to episode ninety-two of the podcast, Cody Abrams and Melbourne. This is a busy week for a lot of reasons, and uh, before we get into why and what we're going to be talking about in this episode, uh, I'll ask how you guys are doing.
2: Dan, great. Hi, up on a quick note, uh, if you're watching the video. I'm a little wet on my shirt because about two minutes before we started recording, I accidentally tried to waterboard myself, apparently, <laughs> uh, choked all over the place and spat it all up. But I'm good now, still alive. Um, but but, Harp, you mentioned it, crazy week and I am so excited to be getting through this week, like GM week, it's so awesome. I was out at a cottage on the weekend and there's so much going going on with the Seattle uh, protection lists and everything going on there. And I'm not really much of a guy to be on his phone when he's on vacation or even when he's with people in general, but I'm out there with like tinfoil on top of my phone trying to get the best reception I can to see every update I can because it was so exciting and it's gonna continue to be exciting with this draft and then free agency.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the days leading up to the expansion draft, or to the expansion protection lists, the day that they had to be submitted, uh, that was crazy. So I was out golfing, uh, me, Adam and Steve uh, at a tea time that Harper did not show up for and didn't even let us know that he wasn't showing up for so just putting him on blast again for that and I was glued to my phone it was crazy dude like there was so much shit happening so many trades like we can't even talk about all of them so many trades so many crazy you know uh, protections like Carey Price not being protected and you know like Mark Giordano not being protected we mentioned that on the podcast that that could be a possibility and and it happened so just a, a crazy couple of days and then this week like not only is all of this stuff going on in the NHL but we've also got the Pepsi Cup Coming up on the twenty fourth, which is arguably more important than the NHL at this point, like it's it's a tournament that is world renowned, and uh, so we did the podcast episode with the other captains. We I've got to do the shirts this week. We we're gonna film a YouTube video for it, and like there's just so much that goes into it. So this week is crazy, bonkers, nuts, and I can't wait to uh, to just live it, and and I'm so excited for the weekend. So I am fantastic if you can't tell. Uh, other than a little bit uh, pissed. At at harper for missing that tea time but uh he's he's learning he's learning and he will hopefully get better harper how are you doing my friend
1: i'm good you're always mad at me for something aren't
0: i you? have to be that you give me a reason every single week <laughs>
1: Well, anyway, I'm I'm doing good, and uh, yeah, just looking forward to a, uh, a jam-packed week. We've got the expansion draft on Wednesday, that's uh, July 21st, and then of course the NHL entry draft, which is what we're going to be talking about in this episode. We're going to be going through uh, our top 10 lists, uh, each of us, and then having a bit of an open discussion about that, and then picking one player each that we think is the most interesting in this draft, and so... So again, uh, the 2021 NHL entry draft is this Friday and Saturday, the 23rd and 24th. And then uh, speaking of the 24th, like you mentioned, Melbs uh, is uh, the 2021 Pepsi Cup. And again, uh, great job by you doing that episode with the captains, with uh, Adam, Corey and Nate. Uh that was really great. Some breaking news as well. Tyler McFadden is out. Uh right. he's on the IR for the uh for the Pepsi Cup on the weekend. But yeah, just a jam-packed week. I can't wait for it all.
0: Okay, well, shall we dive on in then?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so, okay, 2021 NHL entry draft. Obviously, it's a different draft this year, guys. I mean, NHL scouts have made it very clear that, uh, you know, this has been difficult to evaluate talent, right? To evaluate these players because they have barely uh, had a chance to play this year with the COVID 19 pandemic. We know that the 2021 22 season is going to be much different. Uh, we'll be back to normal uh, with uh the vaccine rollouts and and things like that but this year is going to be different there's no question and so um these top 10 lists that we're going to be revealing to you uh they could either be very similar or very different and so we will get into that right now so uh casey why don't we start with you go through your top 10 uh sort of mock draft list for us uh and then we can have some discussion to start
2: Yeah, like you said, Harp, this draft is so sort of wide open for me and and I had a hard time going through and and picking players in specific spots. I'm pretty happy with what I came down to a top 10. But realistically here, I have two separate lists and it all revolves around who's picked second overall. So right away, I'm going to talk about my my actual list, my main list, which is Owen Power at number one, Brant Clark at number two, Maddie Beniers at number three, Luke Hughes, four, William Eklund, five, Mason McTavish, six, Dylan Gunther, seven, Simon Edvinson. eight, Kent Johnson, nine, and Wallstead at 10. Okay. Interesting.
0: So Case, just right off the bat, we have a lot of similar players there in our lists, which I think we we can kind of agree almost on a top 10 uh i think the only one i didn't have in my top 10 was edvinson there so a lot of similarities but like you said this draft is so up in the air and yeah so yeah
2: go ahead yeah if i if i can i'm gonna go through and kind of just make a little touch on a, a couple of the players here and then move on like owen power to me is the number one overall pick i've seen a lot of speculation lately that he won't go number one and then i've seen some ridiculous reports that he's out of the top 10 all of a sudden because he wants to go back to school which i think is ridiculous if you're in buffalo's situation where you're starting that rebuild again i don't think you're worried about the player coming in and playing right away and in the past the last couple of years guys coming in right away from the draft have not been successful so That's right i think it's no problem sending him back you can't pass on this guy's size combined with offense mm-hmm. so You know, in the past, I've been a little hesitant on picking these big, big, big defensemen just because of some of the history we've seen here. I got some names for you. I got Eric Goodbranson, Dylan McElraith, Jared Cowan, Zach Bogosian, Luke Shen, Adam Larson, Griffin Reinhardt, Samuel Moran, all drafted in the top 10 is at moran who is 11 and these are all before 2013 so teams are starting to get away from this in the draft these big bulky defensemen that you think oh you can't teach size well i mean we've seen it in the past that a lot of these guys have ended up struggling and are not top five picks but frankly i think owen power is the definition of it and you can't pass on this guy whatsoever
0: yeah well you look at power and you know immediately you think okay a a defenseman who can play at both ends but has that offensive upside uh he does shoot left so that's a bit different but the fact that he's six foot six it reminds me of dougie hamilton like we talked about an offensive defenseman who can play both ends of the ice who is six foot six and that's dougie hamilton so if he can get anywhere close to that he's going to be well worth the first overall pick for sure
1: yeah and and th- this would be a huge win for the Buffalo Sabres too and and now you know they can build their back end around Uh, not only Rasmus Dallin, but uh, Owen Power as well. And so you've got Power that's bigger out of the two and one that's uh, a little more um, better offensively than the other. But uh, yeah, I think he is the clear number one pick. And I do think he uh, very much solidified himself as the number one pick even more. And I've said this before after his performance uh, for Team Canada at the World Championships. I think he played close to 25 minutes in the gold medal game against finland as an 18 year old defenseman that says a ton
2: yeah Yeah, it was uh 24 minutes 17 seconds in the 3-2 overtime win and uh something i want to touch on is everyone talks about his offensive um impact in the game well guys he led the led michigan last year with block shots with 40 as well he's big he's fast he can skate well it's like you know, all the things that may give you fear from a big guy, he's doing those things right so far. So I'm not too worried about it. And yeah. I'm, I have him number one for sure.
0: Another thing too, Casey, you talk about the things that, you know, might scare off some GMs from a big player. A lot of the time, it's hockey IQ. You look at a big player who just doesn't have it. He doesn't make the right first pass. He, you know, yes, he has the he has the size, but he doesn't have the brain to go with it. Well, Owen Power is not that player. He's one of the smartest players in this draft, and uh, Corey Proman actually ranked him in his top five for best hockey IQ in this draft. So, a player who is who has size, he has offensive capabilities as a defenseman, and he's super smart. I think this isn't quite a no-brainer for for the first overall pick i have seen him you know all over the board within the top 10 even outside of the top 10 case like he said but i think uh you can't miss really on any of the top five players and owen power might be your best bet if you're buffalo so Mm -hmm. why don't we why don't i interject also and just read my list and then harp reads his and then we can continue this sort of conversation and and we'll see where it goes
1: yeah that's exactly where i was gonna go next so chad let's let's get your top 10 list
0: the olympics euros baseball major championships the nhl free agency frenzy and all concerts are in this summer you know what's not a wild and hairy bush tame your pubes with the help from our friends over at manscaped the leaders in below the waist men's grooming their fourth generation performance package includes their brand new lawnmower 4.0 and if an athlete treats their body like royalty why not treat your pubes like olympic gold fellas do right by your balls and join the two million men worldwide who trust manscaped by going to manscaped.com with the code bitb20 You know, I'm extremely excited now that quarantine is mostly over and we're able to do things in Ontario to show off my six pack next to my hairless, mind you, dad bod. The world is starting to open up and the Performance Package 4.0 from MANSCAPED is here to help you get ready. Inside, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair trimmer, Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver, Toner, plus two free gifts, the Performance Boxer Briefs and the Shed Travel Bag talk about a world-class dismount into a post-quarantine world. This package is the perfect package for your package and peak performance in whatever sport you desire. The brand new LaMoure 4.0 is here to take the podium. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The LaMoure 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multi-function on and off switch which can engage a travel lock, and it gives you the ability to turn the 4,000 1000K LED spotlight on and off when you need a more precise shave. And did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Michael Phelps is drooling just thinking about the possibilities. This package also comes with the weed whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in both your nose and ears. This tool is a lock to take home gold in the biathlon. The weed whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9000rpm motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks snags and tugs in those delicate holes. And after trimming, show them some sportsmanship with Manscaped's liquid formulation. The Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner are the key to feeling victorious this year. Manscaped also threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. Achieve pubic glory this year with Manscaped. Okay, so it's no surprise I've got power at one. Like I said, I don't think it is certain that he will go one, but I think it's it's pretty it's pretty clear that you know the the Sabres are leaning towards that and he's almost solidified his spot as as a number one pick. So I've got power there. I've got Eklund second who I think is probably the best um uh forward in the draft or at least it seems that way according to a lot of projections uh very fast very talented uh and great hockey iq as well so eklund at two may very well be the best player out of the draft if we look back at this 10 years from now who knows any of the players i think in the top five have the potential to be one of the best players from this draft so Power then Eckland at three. I've got Matty Berniers. I think he'll be a solid, you know, second line center in the NHL. Probably the best center prospect uh, available this draft. Luke Hughes at four, going to the Devils. Can we all agree that that's going to happen? Because that would be so oh, cool.
2: One hundred percent at yeah. number four, oh, guys. That's that's one of the ones I have the hardest time with because, you know, I think Luke Hughes is the uh, is the pick there. But I wouldn't be surprised if they went with Brant Clark as well. They have. Uh, Graham Clark his brother is in the devil system as well and he That's might right. be the better defenseman here so I, I'd like to touch on that a little more but go yeah. ahead Chad. okay
0: yeah so so he at four and I guess we'll debate that later in the episode I've got Gunther at five going to Columbus I've got Fabian Lysell going to Detroit at six and this pick wow is is going to get a lot of heat because Lysell I've seen as high as projected number one in the draft I've seen him as low as 30th in the draft both by credible sources so this player is so polarizing and I want to talk about him a lot later but I don't think he falls further than sixth because I think Stevie Y will see the potential in Lysel number seven to San Jose I've got Walstet the goalie uh Number eight, I've got Brant Clark, arguably one of the better defensemen uh, to pick here, maybe the second best, uh, depending on you know who you talk to. Then at nine, I've got Kent Johnson, probably the best hands and puck skills in the draft. And uh, at number ten, I've got Mason McTavish. So a lot of similarities to yours. Case I didn't have Ed Edvinson in, uh, but I did have Lysel at six, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Harp, what's uh, what does your top ten look like?
1: Yeah. Um, and you know what? I Very similar. And I think Lysel is really the one guy. Again, we'll talk about him later, but he's the one guy that kind of, you know, raises your eyebrows as him getting into the top 10. But uh, v- very similar guys between the three of us. And uh, actually even more so with you and me, Casey, I've got the exact same top five as you, my friend. So I've got power at number one, going to Buffalo. Uh, we talked about him a lot already, his performance at the world championships and Buffalo building that back end with uh, Rasmus Dahlin and now Owen power Seattle coming in as an expansion team doing the same thing. They're expected to build from the blue line out. They can do that with Grant Clark at number two, Maddie Benier is going to Anaheim at number three, just a relentless forward. Uh, Sam Cosentino, I think had the best way to describe him. He's got a Mercedes Benz engine, just plays hard in all areas of the game. So that's a great pick for Anaheim at number three, Luke Hughes, joining his brother Jack at, uh, at number four with the devils, William Eklund going to Columbus at number five, ranked the number one European skater in the draft. And Uh, Guys, the Jackets don't have a number one center. They've exposed Max Domi. Pierre-Luc Dubois is no longer there. Eklund is a number one center they can build around. Dylan Gunther just a pure goal scorer out of Edmonton in the W. Uh, I think Detroit needs some more finishers. I think that uh, you know having him and Jacob Vrana as a couple of wingers in your organization that just know how to score could be really big for them. So I've got him at six. Jesper Wallstedt at number seven. Chad like you, I've got him going to San Jose. I think San Jose desperately needs that Mm -hmm. franchise goaltender. Uh, even after acquiring Aiden Hill. And uh, I've got Simon Edmondson at number eight going to LA. The BC native, Kent Johnson, uh, one of the best players around the net in this draft going to his hometown Vancouver Canucks at 9 and then Mason McTavish as well uh, who I'm going to talk about a little bit more uh, uh, in a little bit here going at number 10 to the Ottawa Senators so a lot of similarities for sure with our top 10s
0: for sure so Case we were talking about Luke Luke Hughes and I said that that seems like almost a no brainer but you wanted to push back on that a little bit with Brant Clark
2: yeah I know it's hard because the Devils have three clear needs, one of them being a scoring winger, even though they picked up Alex Holtz last uh, last year. Uh, they yeah. still need to fill that position. It's something they've lacked for a little while now. Uh, they need a top defenseman, top pairing defenseman at least, and they need a right-handed defenseman. While Brant Clark fills two of the three problems right away being a right-handed defenseman. And like I said, his brother Graham Clark has grown a lot. He's got a lot of respect from Tom Fitzgerald the last little while in interviews where he kind of has mentioned him about the guy who who didn't get a chance this year that he's most excited about the sniper right wing or Graham Clark. Well, that's another guy whose brother is and is available here. And I actually think that he may be the better defenseman, although I have seen Luke Hughes at number one overall before yeah. I've seen him all over the top five and the more and more and more i started thinking like you know before i was thinking they're gonna pick luke just because of jack hughes and i was so worried about that but the more i read about him the more i've become fine with it and i i'd actually love the pick of luke hughes either one of those two defensemen i would love at this pick and um if it maybe helps jack hughes take a team-friendly contract in the future well perfect <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I think like it makes sense because of the Hughes brother connection there. Like I don't think he's going to drop all the way to nine for Vancouver to scoop him up. So I think it's if there's going to be that, you know, connection of brothers, it's going to have to be at number four. And I think it makes total sense. if, Like you said, it fills a need. You need that offensive defenseman. Luke Hughes, I think the reason he's been projected so high and even as high as first overall, I mean, going back, in, you know, a couple months now is because he's probably the best skater. In the entire draft, like in in terms of like his edge work and stuff, I've seen a ton of highlights. Like all of the Hughes brothers are fantastic with that. So
2: that's a note I put under Luke Hughes's name is best skater in the draft. Literally. So like (laughs) you you talk to anyone,
0: (laughs) you listen to, you know, podcasts, you you read articles on prospects and that is like the, the number one thing that comes up. This guy can skate like his, his top end speed is fast. It might not be the absolute fastest in the draft, but his edge work and his finesse with the puck, you know, it went like around in and around his feet in and around the net, like he's a guy who's able to to move it out quickly and efficiently. And he, he's just an all around great player. So I could definitely see him going at number four. I would love to see that connection. So yeah, Harp, Luke Hughes, thoughts?
1: Well, th- this number four pick is just very interesting to me you know number one will brant clark be available at that point point? and two i i i think it would be a no-brainer to go with the youngest hughes brother uh he's big he skates well uh he's got good uh iq he's a solid defender I think it would be a, a no-brainer and just like we love to see cool stories like this so i don't know case maybe for tom Fitzgerald, uh maybe you just see uh out of brant or luke uh who uh has uh, the most problems with uh their other brother and just pick uh decide from there pick the other one based on that yeah really but right, uh right. anyway yeah this would be a great pick a great story it would make a lot of sense that's for sure
0: Another player that I looked at and, and I think Harp, you and I for sure had it the same case. I you might have had this the same pick too. Number three, Matty Brunier's to Anaheim. Did you have that as well? Okay, so we all we all did. Yep. That makes a yeah. lot of sense, right? So,
2: so So Chad, that's what I was saying where it all revolves around who goes number two. Yeah. Because like i have maddie benears at three but he was my other option to go at number two Mm -hmm. and if he goes at number two for me brant clark drops down to the seventh pick and dylan gunther moves up from the uh seventh pick to the third pick so a lot gets shuffled around based off who gets picked number two i think it's gonna be brant clark and anaheim will jump on maddie benears instantly um you look at how they've been building their team, they have a great prospect pool, and one of their best ones is Trevor Zegers, who played on the same national development team as Maddie Beneers, good buddies, played in the World Juniors with yep. each other. Like I think makes total sense for Anaheim and, and that sort of identity that they, they've built over the years with uh, guys like Getzlaff and Corey Perry in the past.
0: And don't don't the similarities between Ziegler's and Matty Berniers just keep going too? Like the way that they play, like their compete level, the two of them, how they're they've got a bit of swagger, a bit of mojo, you know, like that kind of shit is great. And if those two link up together, that'll be a very promising future for Anaheim. So if he drops to three, which like he's projected anywhere in and around there. That would be a really nice uh, selection for Anaheim. But another thing, too, that I wanted to bring up is that you guys both have Seattle taking a defenseman, correct? You think because they're going to build from the defense out. And Uh, I I think that's true, but I wanted to, to push back just before you jump in here, Case. I wanted to push back on that a little bit because I think in the expansion draft, we've talked about this a ton. There's going to be so many good, young, talented defensemen available and i think it makes almost more sense for seattle to draft uh, one of the best skaters and one of the best forwards in the draft like i think it makes total sense for them to draft eklund who is the number 1 ranked uh, non-north american skater in this draft might be the actual best skater in terms of his skill set in the draft and i think he's just a great player high hockey iq too and i think it makes sense more sense for seattle to draft The you know first line player whether he plays center or the wing at the NHL level I've seen a lot of reports saying that he will likely translate to the wing at the NHL level But no matter what like I think it makes sense for them to get a true franchise Forward so so give me your argument for picking a defenseman
2: so I've I've got two reasons why I don't think William Eklund will go there Um, the first one being my expectations of Seattle have completely flipped since i've seen the unprotected lists and i actually think that they're going to be better up front now like 100 percent looking through the drafts doing multiple mocks on my own looking at mocks around the the internet i actually think they're going to be better up front so that's one reason why i would i think they go with a defenseman here in brant clark the other one is uh w- well, it's less about his position and it's more about his skill because at the draft lottery, instantly, Ron Francis was saying, "I'm going to pick the best player available," mm-hmm. and I think that Brant Clark is the best player available. You're a brand new franchise; you don't really have to pick to position. You need everything, so I think that he he goes with his word here. He picks the best available player, and to me, that's Brant Clark. Um, you know, I, I've seen so many different. Um, Comparisons of Brant Clark and the one that I love the most is Scott Niedemeyer and I was like well why the hell wouldn't you want Scott <laughs> Niedemeyer on your team um, an interesting little tool I always like to look uh, you know take it as it is but it's the hockey prospecting prospecting database and they actually have him ranked the highest in star probability at 56% in this draft and 80% NHLer probability. Um, A lot of this is based off like NHL E and stuff like that in Mm -hmm. analytics. So again, take it as it is, but um, I'm pretty high on Brant Clark and I have been for like the last two years. And now he's got some experience playing against men because yep. the OHL shut down and he was one of the guys that jumped ship instantly to go to Europe in Slovakia. So I think that he's shown a lot and I think that he is the best available player here and that right-handed defenseman uh, position that's that's a big value piece to so many teams. True.
1: Yeah, it, it it sure is and sorry just to jump in I mean and and this draft is really strong for defensemen, right? Like Power, Hughes, Edvinson, Clark going down the list a little bit. You got a guy like Carson Lambos as well. Uh it is this draft is very strong uh at the defensive position. And I just think this pick makes so much sense uh for Seattle unless we see something crazy happen like seattle decides to take luke hughes or edmondson at two or something i don't know but i I do think they will take a defenseman and besides owen power i do think that brant clark is the next best uh option
0: so when when was the last time we saw defenseman defenseman well i guess it won't won't be four in a row but three out of the top four when was the last time we saw that three out of the top four defenseman that will be pretty crazy if that happens Yeah, sure will. But, (sighs) I mean, uh, Case, you might be muted absolutely Yeah, it definitely was
2: <laughs> I had, I
1: had so, <laughs> so I think uh some good discussion there about our top 10 lists definitely a lot of similarities yeah and now I want to go into our interesting players so we've each picked one and I want to go back to you Chad to start sure. this about Fabian Lizele because I think it's pretty clear that he is uh the most interesting player in this draft for you you're very high on this player like a lot of NHL scouts are and we have seen him kind of all over the place in the yeah. first round so talk about this player well Corey
0: Prawnman has uh, Fabian Lysel I think 30th overall and, and Prawnman writes about prospects in the athletic and he's usually to be trusted um, but he has him around 30th uh, Sportsnet does not have him in the top 10 uh, let's see who else Bob McKenzie does not have him in the top 10 Craig button does not have him in the top 10 elite prospects uh, has Fabian Lysel ranked ninth and Dauber prospects has Fabian Lysel ranked number three in their mock draft or draft rankings prospect rankings whatever you want to call them so I I i i tend to side with dauber prospects because i know they're they're heavily you know based on analytics and they do their homework and it's it's not just you know one guy like craig button who has granted watches a ton of hockey um but puts together a list because he has to because he works for tsn or something so i tend to trust some of the 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 sites who put you know not to say that TSN doesn't put the work in but you know what I'm, I'm trying to get across here I trust Dauber is, is my point and they have him at number three I've read so much on this player and and because I was intrigued because he was so up and down, you know projected as high as first overall I've seen uh, Third by Dauber, 30th by Promin, just all over the damn map so I I did some digging and I because I wanted to find out why I was intrigued and I found out a lot and I found out that Fabian Lysel is uh, inconsistent. That was the biggest knock on him. Totally inconsistent, which you don't like to hear. But the reason I think that he deserves to be in the top six is because I think he has a player. He's a player with so much potential. And that's something that... You know, you're not necessarily drafting this player because in the previous season in the SHL, he had three points in like 26 games or whatever. You're drafting this player because he dominated every single league he played in leading up to his final year playing in the SHL against men where he's still a boy. So he's a bit undersized. Um, But the thing about Lysel is that he's a highlight reel player. He scores highlight real goals and he has the ability to take over a game and you've seen it like you watch clips of this guy he's the most youtubeable instagrammable player in this draft i would say and one of the most talented as well He's probably the most dynamic player in this draft in terms of his ability to take over games and just in terms of his ability through the neutral zone. Again, he's one of probably the best in the draft. I'd have to see the numbers, but I've heard that his zone entries are extremely well and he's a very efficient player through the the neutral zone, which usually translates to the NHL. So there's a lot about Lysel that I really like, and there's a lot about Lysel that I'm sort of unsure of and a bit scared of. But when I look at this draft, and there's so much uncertainty, I just look at a team like Detroit who has a bunch of guys in the system, and if they can really steal a player like Lysel at six, who is projected so low in the draft and and he turns out, Stevie Y will look like an absolute genius, and uh, I could definitely see a GM like that, who is heavily focused into analytics, pick such a polarizing player. I compare Fabian Lysel, and maybe this is why I like him so much, to a player like William Nylander because he's one of the most talented in the draft, but a bit inconsistent leading up to the draft in his previous season. So that's my spiel on the player. Like it that's I I just think he's so intriguing. Like he's all over the place. So maybe you touch on that. What have you guys heard about the player? Anything to add? Well,
2: correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Stevie Y went a little off the board picking Murritz Cider, Cider, yep. Cider. So, Cider. Cedar Cider. Cider Cedar. And that's <laughs> I can never get his name right. I never will. <laughs> um, and, and that's kind of really paid off so far. He's been that, he was that elite prospects player of the year or whatever in the SHL. And uh, I think he's really up and on the rise and he's going to be a great player for them next year. So maybe he will do it again. And Chad, I really want to go back and put that audio of your spiel about Lysel. in right beside mine about Newell Gundler yeah. last year because these two players are so similar where they were both projected very high at one point and then have fallen, fallen, fallen due to consistency and their lack of size. Yeah. And I remember talking about Gundler's zone entry and the fact that he drives to the net as well. So I was just kind of smirking that whole time oh, you were talking because yeah. they see. are very similar players. And uh two months ago I had myself in the top five so I don't blame me for picking them but I kind of have fallen off not in my opinion of this player but in the way that GMs think and the mm. way that we saw him uh Gundler fall last year and same as uh, Zion Nybeck and mm. these these undersized Swedish forwards so um you know, that's kind of one of the reasons why I actually don't have William Eklund at two when originally I thought William Eklund could have went number one. Um, yeah. Kind of the undersized Swedish forward thing that we've, we've seen them be cursed with. So uh, that, was, that was a great take,
0: Chad. Yeah. Well, yeah. listen, maybe yeah. maybe Lysel drops to whatever it is, like 26, I think, is where Carolina picks because they love <laughs> players like that. They took Nybeck, they took Gundler, and maybe they'll take Lysel as well.
1: Yeah, and it, does it not seem like every single year uh, at the draft that there is that one player that everyone's talking about and, you know, could be the best player in the draft, could be a steal, but it's just whether it's inconsistencies, injuries, whatever is he's just been so up and down and and last year another guy who was like that was Hendricks Lapierre. If you guys can remember who uh, the Washington Capitals, I think traded up to get and injuries really hurt his place in the draft. And so um, again, this year it, I think that player is Fabian Lysell and uh, Chad, I, I, I loved your take about Stevie Y and the Red Wings. And he's done this before where he goes off the board a little bit, but clearly he, he knows the, the player that he's looking at and selecting and and knows what kind of potential they have. And, and so Lysell very well could end up being a steal for some franchise.
0: And, well, let me just add to that. It's not even the fact that, like, Stevie Y is known to go off the board because he is, In Case brought up that good point with Mort Sider. But it's just the fact that, like, I, I think that, Stevie Y and company and, and ownership group and, and the whole management group in Detroit is focused on analytics. And I think for a player like Lizelle who doesn't have you know the meat and potatoes right now, who doesn't have the actual points to show what kind of player he is, I think you notice his value Is in analytics and i think he's one of those polarizing players that most you know sort of older school hockey gms are not gonna like because he's undersized because he doesn't have the points yet to prove it but stevie y is a forward-thinking gm and his his group i think together will uh will make a good pick
1: all right, uh, Case, uh, we'll go to your most interesting player now uh, in, the, uh, in the draft, in your top 10 list. Who are you looking at? Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of funny because I,
2: I maybe screwed myself a little bit here because I've already talked about him so much. So I do have a backup, but right away, you know, I wanted to talk about Brant Clark because I think mm. that he he is that spectacular player, in my opinion, um, and because I've had him at 2, 4, and 7, and 8 at one point tonight (laughs) like i'm just all over the place with them but i'll get away from that and i'll go to my backup guy here and uh with this player think cole caulfield but a little bigger so uh i don't think you can go wrong with this pick and that's Chaz lucius that Mm. uh i think that he could go higher than a lot of people are projecting him they have him in the like 12 to 15 range and i think he can go higher than that and be the one of the best goal scorers in this draft he's got that release that we've been talking about lately that cole caulfield has that that release that you want to have because austin matthews is now the best goal scorer in the league and he has it it's sneaky you don't know where it's coming from you can change direction at all times and he has that great quick release it's in the blink of an eye in the net so For me, that's why I'm talking about Chaz Lucius. He's also six feet tall. He's not Cole Caulfield in that regard. And uh, a right-handed shot as well, which is for some reason becoming more and more rare and is so important to have on your team nowadays. And I mean, you look at the leagues that he's played in, maybe not the top tier leagues, but in the US development program, uh, the U18 team, he had 13 goals in 13 games with the national development program juniors he had 13 goals in 12 games (laughs) with the uh, u17 national team he had 31 goals in 46 games the guy loves to put the puck in the net and he can pass as well so uh, i think he's got that that skill set that teams are willing to take a chance on and go for here so i wouldn't be surprised if somehow he cracked the top 10
0: Well, Bob McKenzie has Chaz Lucius at number 10 on his rankings, so there you go. In in terms of the Bob Fathers rankings, he did crack the top 10 already, so we'll see uh, what happens on draft day. But it seems like every year there's a guy or two who is just a pure goal scorer they've got the release they've got the shot like you mentioned a couple years ago it was Cole Caulfield and this year maybe Chaz Lucius will be the guy to, to to fill that role and and who knows like goal scoring is probably the hardest thing to translate to the NHL level because it's the hardest thing to do in the sport put goals in the net but I mean you look at so many guys who tear it up Uh, In every league they play in including a guy like Caulfield and then they do step into the league and they are able to score So that's a that's a sneaky one. That's an interesting player That's another guy who it might be considered as an off-the-board pick if he does go in the top 10 But you never know like some teams out there You know, they need a scorer and that's something to think about too Like which teams in the top 10 need a guy who can just straight up score like maybe it's Vancouver I don't know. Maybe it's LA so that's yeah it's definitely an interesting one there
1: yeah no i i I like it and uh i've seen lucius kind of all over the place and sort of that undersized player with uh that nice finishing touch and i like using the word finisher like which teams in the draft whether it's the top 10 or wherever in the first round uh who who needs a a finisher you know i do look at like a detroit a vancouver teams like that that could just use a guy that just puts the puck in the back of the net columbus again uh so yeah that's a very interesting pick case for sure so you guys both went with guys that uh you didn't really touch on in your top 10 <clears throat> Chad you 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 chose Lysel but I didn't hear Lucius in your top 10 case and so I was gonna go with Mason McTavish I had him at 10th with the Ottawa Senators and just a guy that I think has just done nothing but gone up the draft rankings all year but I'm actually gonna go with a guy I haven't talked about and it's another goaltender so here you go Chad and that is Sebastian Cosa from the Edmonton Oil Kings. And so all the talk is about Jesper Wallstead being that next franchise goaltender that could certainly go in the top 10 and uh, looked very good for Team Sweden at, uh, at the World Juniors. Um, but Kosa... Is not far behind. He's a big goaltender, like Wallstead, uh, very, very good in the WHL for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Teammates with Dylan Gunther, and they're talking about him as well as someone who could go higher than a lot of people are are expecting, and a guy that uh, you know, if a team really needs a a a, a solid goaltending prospect in their system. Uh, that could really be big for their franchise not only wallstead uh kosa could be that guy as well
2: yeah harp quickly mason mctavish that's a great one to talk about uh i had him actually going number six um uh, as that stevie y pick because i think that he could go off the board with him he's a guy that's like ray uh, rosen and rosen and rosen and going all the way up and yeah now i have him at six and before he was at like 15 so um cool guy to talk about i think he's going to be a great player Mm -hmm. uh
1: quickly case about about him too sorry shane Wright. he was when he was asked about like the one teammate to talk about uh, and just how he loves his game from the under 18s he chose mctavish so i wanted to get that in there as well five goals and six assists and seven
2: games in that uh u18 tournament so yeah pretty spectacular and the captain of the team um but Harp casa i'm so glad you talked about him because i was hoping someone would uh mostly because yesterday i didn't know a thing about him and today i'm pretty high on him so <laughs> i i actually did see Corey pronman has about going number 10 to the ottawa senders above jesper wall which is really interesting to me Weird. you're right this guy's massive six foot six 212 pounds 18 year old love it and he has numbers that would put Carrie Price in the WHL to shame with uh, a 9.41 last year, going 17-1 and 1 on the season. <laughs> like that yeah, is that's that's running. insane, man. When I read his name on Pradman's report, I was like, all right, I gotta check his stats. And then I went in and I went, holy shit, 1.57 goals against. Is Edmonton Oil Kings that just that good, or is he that good? Crazy numbers on him. The year before, 21-6 and 3 with a 9.21 save percentage. So. Wow, I think he could I think he could definitely do it he could pass Wallstead out of nowhere here well I mean
0: talking about the the WHL and the Edmonton Oil Kings when you've got Dylan Gunther buzzing around scoring 24 points in 12 games man the puck's never in your zone so who knows <laughs> if those stats are inflated or not but yeah that you know I'm glad you guys brought it up because like I have really not even heard of a second goalie going high at all and the the trend over say the last 5 years 10 years or so and or at least the mindset or or the talk was maybe you shouldn't pick a goalie so high and and all of this and there were a lot of gms getting scared off but If we look at the playoffs, you know who were some of the best goalies who made it super far this year? It was Vasilevsky, who was a first-rounder. Carey Price, obviously a first-rounder. Marc-Andre Fleury went pretty far. He was a first-rounder. First overall, for Christ's sakes. And a handful of other ones. Sorokin was a pretty high pick in in New York. I mean, he wasn't the starter, but another high-ish pick for a goalie. So... I, times are changing, man. Like goalies are magic beans, but if a team can get a good read on a guy and and they've got they've done their homework and they know who he is and 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 they have a good system to be able to develop him, because I think that is the biggest thing for goalies. If you have you know the 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 system to develop a goalie properly, then it could be a steal, but it is a gamble to take a goalie that high, no matter who it is, whether it's Wallstep
2: or someone else. Well, I'll tell you that Costa's probably. Praying that Corey Proven's right and that he can go to the Ottawa Senators. I've talked about this a million times, but if I were a goalie, I'd want to be drafted by Ottawa because you you end up being Robin Lehner, Ben yeah. Bishop, uh, Brian Elliott, <laughs> and all these other goalies that once they get traded from the Sens, they become good goalies. <laughs> yeah. So yeah that'd be the dream form, I think, guys. you know what i I know we're getting towards the end of
0: this, and we all mentioned you know our top ten, and then we all mentioned one player who is just super fun and and exciting and intriguing uh, going in this draft. But we didn't talk about the former projected first overall pick in Atu Ratti. So I want to play a little bit of a game with Ratti. I mean, he was expected to go first overall going back to about two years ago. Um, He played in one World Junior Championship and then got left off the team the following year, uh, despite his brother, who I believe is an Arizona pick, playing in the tournament. And maybe you you can check that. I'm not sure if he's with Arizona, but... Um, and, and so anyways, he's, he's been on the downward spiral, but there's a lot of poten- potential, there for Ratty. So I want to play a little game and, uh, maybe put a bit of money on it with you guys. Um, it's sort of like a closest to the pin challenge, but closest to the pick challenge. We'll call it for oh, Ratty. And how about we do this? We'll put 10 bucks on it or, or two beers at the bar. Okay. And whoever gets closest to the pick for Ratty uh, or, or the one furthest away, the loser has to has to get two drinks for the other guys. Has to buy a round Okay, you guys in?
1: All right, uh, let's do I'm, it.
0: I'm I'm going to say sixteenth.
2: Really? Yeah. That's a, a lot higher than what I have him. <laughs> yeah. I uh I have him at. Geez, I don't know. Twenty nine. New Jersey Devils pick him.
1: Okay. I'll go 26. He goes to the Minnesota Wild.
0: I will change my pick. And I'll <laughs> and I'll go... Because I'm just looking at the teams here. I'm going to stay in How and around the fair? range. I'm going to stay in and around the range. But I'm going to go... Uh, you know what? I'll stay at 16th. Because that's Columbus, right? At, at 16th overall. No? St. Louis. St. Louis? What the fuck am I looking at then? <laughs> 16 seems fair. St. Louis, I could see it. Read, read me case if you're looking at it like the, the teams in that range between like 15 to 20.
2: Okay. Um, the Rangers, the Blues, the Jets, the Predators, Oilers, Bruins. Preds.
0: What's that? What's that overall? 18th? 18. Yeah. All right, 18th to the Preds. That's who, that's where Atuuri's going closest to the pick challenge.
2: okay i've got him 29 the devils uh they're familiar with carpat the team that he worked with or he's he's played with uh scouting guys like arne telvidier and a couple others like uh uh, you to so i think that they've seen him enough they know that he's a pretty good player and uh they take another shot at a, a Finnish player here
1: okay 26th to uh minnesota you know, looking at uh, – they, they've had success with drafting Finnish players in the past. Uh, Mikko Koivu, Mikhail Granlund, you know, maybe this could be a steal from them. Maybe they could get this guy back on track. So I'm going with Minnesota at 26. Okay. Uh, and also guys, we should, uh, we should mention too, um, there'll be some teams to watch that have multiple first round picks. We've mentioned Columbus a couple of times. They've got three first round picks. Minnesota has got two, uh, you know, do they, uh, make a deal for for Jack Eichel who knows and then the team that only has the one first round pick that is looking to get another top 10 pick is the Buffalo Sabres so wanted to mention that as well that uh it'll be interesting to see teams with multiple first round picks or other teams that are looking to get another first round pick or two uh we could see some deals there so uh wanted to mention quickly before we wrap up boys. Can I say yeah. something
2: before we get too far away from it, and before I get absolutely dumped on by anyone who was just listening to my reading out of those picks? Um, sure. Those don't include Arizona, so right. all of those That's are right. shifted, shifted down one. Yeah. Before
0: I was, you know. I was pissed. I was going to say something. I, I didn't even know. <laughs> so like <laughs> I had
2: Boston. I said Boston was twenty. Well, they're really twenty-one, and it's shifted all the way down because Arizona is just a bunch of. Dirty cheaters yeah well
0: i i was just looking at a mock draft that was before the official thing was released so it was just based on like standings or whatever before the so i it, i was all completely
1: fucked up so. yeah no me me too sorry me sorry too. to cut you off there Herb. go ahead no that's okay um but uh yeah again great talk guys about uh you know our top 10 lists uh, uh interesting players to watch for the upcoming uh nhl entry draft and once again that is uh this weekend friday July 23rd and Saturday July 24th but guys this is really important today was a really big day uh, I wanted to say congratulations to Calgary Hitman defenseman and Nashville Predators prospect Luke pro cop on becoming the first player signed to an NHL contract to come out as gay. Uh, his story can be read online uh, at theAthletic.com. athletic.com and uh, hockey is for everyone, right? And this is just so great to see. And so I thought uh, we could just touch on this quickly before we, uh, before we wrap up uh, really a, a great day for the game of hockey.
2: Yeah, I know it's it certainly takes just so much courage to do what he did and be that that first person to do it. And uh, honestly, I, I'm pretty surprised it hasn't happened sooner than now. But yeah, good good for him for sure. And you know, just being being a hockey player myself and and playing on the ice and being in those dressing rooms, I like, I just couldn't imagine um, you know what like I said like what type of courage that takes to to uh, come out like that like this announcement. And uh, yeah, great on him.
0: Yeah, Yeah. well, about time, right? I mean, who knows how many other players are still in the closet? Like, who knows? Whether it's at the NHL level or below because of, you know, the stigma around it. So, good on him. I thought the NHL did a great job, uh, especially defending the the many, many posts about this on Instagram against scumbags in the comments. So, I think the NHL... Took a PRW today for probably the first time in a long goddamn time. So good good for them, man. Like like good, good for the NHL. Good for Pro Cop for having the courage to come out and do that. And all around, great story. And you'd fucking love to see it
1: yeah absolutely and just the support across the league players executives analysts it was just amazing so uh, good on you Luke Prokop and we can't wait to see you in the National Hockey League someday and that's a wrap guys episode 92 of the podcast uh, Pepsi Cup coming up this weekend Chad did a great uh, episode with uh, Corey Morrell, Adam James and Nate Ganyu and so you can listen to that on uh, Apple Podcasts as well thanks so much for hanging out busy week ahead and uh thanks for uh being along this journey with us so uh take care and we'll talk to you again after the pepsi cup
0: this has been another episode of boys in the booth with harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams new episodes every monday on spotify and apple podcasts Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.